Why is joy even a big deal? God commands us to be joyful. There is this great truth that whatever God commands us to do, He gives us the power to achieve, including joy. This means that you too can be joyful. Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm super excited that you're joining us today. Today is episode 182. This is our final segment of our Feminology series on emotions. These episodes have dropped the first Thursday of each month, and it has really been great to talk through each of these emotions. We have discussed love and jealousy and hope and compassion and anger and fear and loneliness. We've discussed resentment and bitterness, regret and anxiety. So today, actually, we are ending with our final episode on emotion, and the topic is joy. And I bet we're going to talk about what happens when you don't have joy, too. (laughs) But what a great year to end this way. And today, my guest is Bryce McClavick. I'm so excited that you're here today to talk about joy. What a great emotion as we focus on this new season we're coming into, the holiday season of Christmas. It actually fits really well. Bryce, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Now, Bryce, why don't you start by telling us, well, you've been on the podcast before. I have. Okay. So in case someone hasn't listened to those things that you've talked, what, who, who do you live with and what do you do all day? So I live with my husband, Nathan, and our six kids. Our oldest is seven. Um, and then we had a baby last week. So last a, week, yep, she had a baby. <laughs> one week old baby. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And I just want to say that that baby is very chubby. <laughs> I love her. I love chubby she's so babies. Fun to squeeze. Yes, she's very sweet. Um, she's actually not in the studio with us, so we are grateful to Nathan today for <laughs> yes. taking care of her. It'd be a little quiet. Out right <laughs> out in the other room. Although I do believe you were on the podcast. You had a baby last time you were on. I forgot about that. And I think yeah. even during, I'm just sharing this story. I think even during you had to feed the baby. Yeah. So we had I, a few pauses. I actually there. had to pause because you could hear the <laughs> through it. So I was like, okay, we can't. it was quite that. Okay, loud. it wasn't that bad, but it was really fun. Um, anyway, okay. So it is almost Christmas time, Bryce. Mm-hmm. And I always have so many events to go to. I'm guessing you do too. Usually you end up having to bring a dish or something to share. So what is a fun, quick appetizer that you love to make? I also know you're kind of a foodie. <laughs> yeah. I do love food. Yeah. Well, I do too. But you actually, you're good at coming up with things, right? And I mean, so... Yeah. Okay. And so what is something that you um, love to make or you could grab out of your pantry? Well, I did find this really hard because we love food. Our, yeah. our whole family loves food. Yeah. Our kids are little foodies too. Um, but, oh, you can't go wrong with bacon. Anything, I agree. anything wrapped with bacon. So I was thinking, about, do you remember the shrimp and water chestnut mm. wrapped in bacon? Mm-hmm. I think that's a very nostalgic thing. Yes. And as I've gotten older, it just it's coming is, back. Yeah, I, I love that. And then uh, bacon wrapped jalapenos with cream mm-hmm. cheese. That sounds good. And then my favorite, it's really decadent, but um, dates stuffed with goat cheese and then wrapped in bacon. Yum. You can't eat too many of them. Like I mean, two. I can, but, okay. <laughs> but I you'll love feel that. sick. <laughs> yes, yeah. you'll feel sick. Okay, that's interesting. It's oh, delicious. I love it. Okay, that. I remember um, one year I had to take an appetizer, and I think that was the year my husband and I were trying to avoid carbs. And <laughs> oh. if you're avoiding carbs, which I don't know why so you do sad. that, but it's so sad. <laughs> that's right. But I was trying to do that, so I made bacon-wrapped asparagus. Oh, I would love that. That was really good, and it was a hit. They were gone. And then I've also had bacon-wrapped cantaloupe. It was very good. I've heard of prosciutto 
and cancel oh, out. Oh, maybe so that's that, what I'm thinking that of. That would make sense to no, me. No, no, no. Maybe that's what I'm thinking okay. of. But I think you could do bacon Oh, wrapped. I think you could do bacon around anything. Thing, I know. My husband says you put butter or bacon in it and it's yeah. good. It doesn't yeah. matter. So I good. used to fight the whole uh, bacon thing, but no, it's just good. Just it's embrace it. It's not it. overrated. It's right. delicious. It brings you joy. It does. In it a weird way. Joy. Yeah, that's right. All right. What about traditions? What is a favorite tradition from your childhood that you want to do with your own kids? So we do the pajamas on Christmas Eve every year. I think a, nice. l- a lot of people mm-hmm. do that. Um, there's something about getting a gift the night yep. before Christmas. Which is and, really cool. Yeah, I love that. And then waking up in new PJs. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that, Do too. you, your husband and you both have new jammies, or is it really more for the kids? It's really more for the kids. But, I mean, I'd be all for it if Nathan <laughs> wanted to get me some new PJs every Christmas. Well, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's fun. You're right to wake up. Mm-hmm. It just feels good. It does. Um, the other one is the zoo lights. At, oh. Um, Christmas lights at our zoo. Um, I grew up doing that. We live over by the zoo and now yep. we take our kids and I love that. And Nathan and I had our first date there too. So it's just Ooh. a very nostalgic yes. time. Has lots of special memories. Yes. That's cool. That. Those are great. I, I love traditions and I love hearing about people's traditions. And my favorite thing about traditions is everyone can have different traditions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes someone's tradition sounds kind of weird and wacky to other yeah. people, but it's something that m- has benefit to them. It means something to them. And yeah. I think... I think that's why I love to ask people about traditions because some of them are weird. Yeah. Well, Bryce, today we are going to um, hear what you have to share with us all about joy. So this is our topic for this last one on our episode. And something Mm -hmm. you told me before we started is, first off, you host a small group at your house. Yes. And in that small group, you have how many women? Um, We have, I need to think, four, five women. Counting yourself or six with you? Six with me. And how many of them have been on the podcast this year? Three of them have been on the podcast okay, this wow. year. So <laughs> I feel very spoiled. Yes, they all have you're number four, right, right. So watch out to the other ones, right? Yeah, um, but seriously, we one of the things that we love about, um, about Unshaken, that I love about Unshaken that we can do is we can have just normal average women. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense, Bryce, but you're just a normal, a normal average, average woman. woman. And all of those women who came on, are just people living life, doing mm-hmm. things normal. And, and that's what I love. Yeah. It, we don't have to have fancy people with big names because we're just doing what God calls us to do in our homes and in, in our jobs and in our neighborhoods. And that's where God wants us to serve Him. So I'm excited about that. So I'm excited to hear from yeah. you today all about joy. So walk us through joy and what this looks like as an emotion. Yeah, well, when you asked me to do this episode, I was, I was really excited. Um, one, I love the holidays. So my husband... He puts up twinkle lights in every room, which is my favorite. It makes the house super cozy. Um, and I love being with our family and in our home during the holidays. Um, I love homemade eggnog. As we talked earlier, I'm a foodie. I love mm-hmm. food. So I love all of the yummy food, the chewy molasses cookies, um, the shopping, all around warmth of the season. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it. Um, so this is the perfect time, like you said, to be talking about joy. Um, not because these holidays are inherently joyful, um, I think in some ways the world has made the holidays inherently not joyful. <laughs> um, but because as believers, we can have true joy in this season as we celebrate Christ's birth. Um, and I do want to acknowledge here before we really get going, um, this season can be very hard mm. for many people. Yes. Um, there's there's loneliness, there's sadness, loss. So um, this talk is not specific to having joy during Christmas, but it certainly applies. Mm. And I pray it will be a help to everyone who hears this. Um, When it comes to joy, God has done a huge work in me over the last eight years. And it made me excited to share what he's done and how others can grow in this too. 
Um, but it was <laughs> when I was asked to do this last year, I thought I was saying yes to doing it then. Um, not a year in advance. Um, a year to prepare for a talk was a year to be attacked by Satan, mm. especially in this area of joy, which I had grown in. Um, so I was a little scared when I realized how much time I had to prepare. Um, I wasn't wrong that Satan would start attacking. Within a week, a friend of mine had a miscarriage late in pregnancy. Mm. Um, that same week, a young man who had been a part of our church from childhood died, and it was devastating to his mother and our congregation. Um, we also had a dear elder of our church who was, um, he was suffering with cancer and his health was really declining during this time. Mm. Um, I just remember thinking sadness all the time and everyone I talked with kind of felt the same way. Um, it felt like blow after blow to our church family and there was just a heaviness to everything. Um, in the last few years, I wouldn't say that I really struggled with joy um, and I praise God for that time. I'm really thankful um, but this year, I've mourned with friends and family. Um, I've seen loved ones die. My children go through difficult things. Mm -hmm. And I've really learned more about what it looks like to be joyful in the sadness of life. Mm. Um, so that's what we're going to unpack today in today's episode. What does it mean for the Christian to be joyful during the sadness and difficulty of life? Mm-hmm. So I'd like to talk for a minute about the connection between joy and our emotions. We need to realize that in Scripture, joy is not the same exact thing as the emotion of happiness, although they're certainly related. Christian joy can be portrayed in different ways because we're all very different, different women, made by God to be different. Some of us are bubbly or outspoken. Some of us are reserved. We all have different bents and emotional tendencies. But we should all be asking ourselves, is the joy of the Lord evident in my life? I personally am an extrovert and pretty emotional. I wear everything on my sleeve, which can be unhelpful at times, but also helpful in other ways. For instance, it's much harder for me to hide my sin. So my joy and excitement about God, it sometimes just spills out of me. I can't contain it. Also, my sinful emotions can spill out of me too, and I have to fight to not just contain them or hide them, but to kill them. My complaining tongue or my quick temper must be battled and subdued. So being emotional has its pitfalls. Even though there are times when I have joy spilling out of me, there are other times when I don't emotionally feel joyful at all. In fact, I feel the opposite. I'll feel discouraged about something. Sometimes it's my own sin, sometimes it's other circumstances, or even the circumstances of my friends. Um, and it's at those times where I have to fight to be joyful. Hmm. As a mom, I'm often tired, especially right now with a newborn in the house. Mm -hmm. um, but I need to smile at my children. I need to sing praises when I don't feel like it. And I need to cry out to the Lord to give me joy. Um, I remember when we had Virginia, our first child, I realized I would wake her up in the morning and just feel grouchy. One child, and I was already feeling like a grouch monster in the mornings <laughs> and not a joyful mother, like I had thought it would be really easy to be. Um, there was one morning where I just made the commitment to be joyful. Every morning I walked into her room, I would smile at my daughter, cheerfully tell her good morning, and let her know that I missed her. Even though I didn't feel energetic and excited, it actually helped me to have joy in what I was doing. 
skip forward seven years, and that little baby girl is now in second grade. Wow. And I know it goes fast. And I have to get her to school pretty early in the morning with her little brother and then her siblings in tow. Not every morning is perfect, but fighting joy, fighting for joy in the mornings when I had my first was it set me up for a better trajectory in having six children and for earlier mornings. (laughs) But what if you're an introvert? What does joy look like for you? Does it matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert? If God has done this amazing work in you? The reality is joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So if we're Christians, we should expect to have joy characterize our lives. So if you're introverted and not highly emotional, this will look different than it does for me, who at times feels full of joy and other times really struggling to feel it. But it will be there. As we look at our lives, we can ask ourselves, am I a joyful person? Do I have a joyful life? And that's really the difference between happiness and joy. Joy is more than emotion. Joy is continual. I don't always feel happy, but I am joyful because that joy is in Christ. And Christian joy really does have its foundation in Christ. We can be joyful and rejoice in all circumstances, not because we're blissfully out of touch with reality, but because we have Jesus and we're anchored in true reality. So now that we've spent some time talking about the connection between joy and our emotions, I think we need to talk about the reality that Christians aren't always joyful. Mm-hmm. We've all lacked joy. The reasons Christians aren't joyful can ultimately be traced back to sin. There will come a day, praise God, that sin is no longer in the world. But for now, sin is still here. So how can we deal with it? If you're a Christian, Satan can't steal your salvation, and he knows this. But he will certainly do everything he can to make you miserable if you give in to your sin. He wants us as Christians to be miserable and ineffective in God's kingdom. So let's talk about a few different things that he will use to kill our joy. Discontentment is a joy killer. When you dwell on your unfulfilled dreams, the things you want and don't have, you're choosing to dwell in sin and grumbling instead of being thankful for the good things God has given you, which we all have. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, when we're discontent, we are saying that God is not good to us. Living in unforgiveness and bitterness is a huge joy killer. When we dwell on the injustices in our life, the friends who have done us wrong, the church leaders that don't understand us, we are actually living in sin ourselves. Jesus tells us in Mark 11 that if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. Forgiving others for the way they've wronged us is absolutely necessary for Christians. Jesus doesn't qualify this commandment. He doesn't say, forgive others if they're likable people, or forgive others if they come to ask you for forgiveness. Even if the person is difficult, even if the person doesn't ask for forgiveness, we are still called to forgive them. The last one that I've been thinking about is living in guilt and shame, not living in the light of God's forgiveness. And I do think this goes along with bitterness, because those who have been forgiven much, forgive much. Do you believe that Jesus has died to save you from your sins? Are you living as though you are made righteous through his blood, 
Or are you living as though this work wasn't done for you? I have known many believers, including myself, who have struggled with assurance of salvation. Are you going to trust that God is God and that his promises are true? Or are you going to live as though he hasn't done this work in you? This renders you useless to serve, love, and encourage those around you, which is exactly where Satan wants you. You can have joy in your salvation that can only come from Christ, but you have to believe his promises. Hmm. So to fight these joy killers, we need to fight back our sinful thoughts, our sinful emotions, and take every thought captive. Discontentment starts by thinking about the things that aren't good in your life, what you want and don't have. Bitterness is living in unforgiveness and anger. If you give into these thoughts and just dwell on them day after day, then you're giving into sin and not fighting for joy. So what are some practical ways that we can fight for joy? Ways that our joy can increase even if we're not feeling it. A few ways that I've fought for joy in my life is to turn on worship music Mm. loudly. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds simple, but it it drowns out my complaints and Mm. my negative thinking. Singing praises to God in my home, hands raised, my kids joining in has been huge. Mm. How can I be discontent or lack joy when my focus is on the Lord and praising Him? This is battling my flesh and making my body submit in obedience to God. Another way is to get outside. It's kind of a surprising one, but don't sit in your house with the curtains drawn just thinking about your trials or hardships or hurts. Go for a walk, get fresh air, ask someone to join you. We're going into a season that a lot of people struggle with. It's going to be less sunny. It's going to be chilly. So it's going to be harder to get outside. Take advantage of the times you can get out. Um, Sickness is going to be more prevalent. It's just a part of the season. Mm -hmm. Don't isolate. If you're home with a sick family, call a friend and ask them to pray with you. Um, My small group has a group chat going and through all of the sickness, because we've had a lot of sickness Mm -hmm. recently. And that can knock you out for a whole month. It really can, for two months, for one of my friends. And we've been able to text each other and encourage each other every day. Hmm. And that has been a huge, huge help. Um, I had another friend suggest having some sticker activities for the kids for times like that. And I thought, what a great suggestion to be prepared. Um, If you have little kids... Um, have some simple ways to keep them entertained if you're sick yourself or mm-hmm. if you have a couple of sick kids and a couple healthy because they don't tend to go together where yeah. everyone's sick at right. the same time. That'd be nice, but it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work like that. Um, we can prepare ourselves for things like sickness in winter and have a game plan ahead of time. How can I fight to be joyful during times I know I'm usually discouraged? Know yourself and get ahead of your usual tendencies of discontentment. And that brings me to my last encouragement in fighting for joy. And I do think it's one of the biggest ones. Think outside of yourself. If you're going through a hard time, if you're discouraged, if you're having a hard time being joyful, go do something for someone else. Ask someone out for coffee, have a family over for dinner, or make a meal and take it to someone in need. Ask that new mom how she's holding up with her newborn at night and then be praying for her. Follow up and encourage her. Get together with a widow in your church, especially during this season, Mm -hmm. and let your children love those who don't have family around them right now. If you put your focus on others and their needs, it takes your thoughts off of your problems. 
and helps you to effectively minister to those in need. Ultimately, what takes away our joy is our sin, our discontentment, grumbling, complaining, not the circumstances in our lives. In fact, in Scripture, we see that Christians can rejoice in all circumstances. So let's talk about how we can have joy in all circumstances. Joy and hardship. In 2 Corinthians 7.4, Paul says, I am overflowing with joy in all our affliction. And he really did live this out. Paul and Silas in the jail come to mind. They had been thrown in jail in the middle of the night with no hope of escape from the punishment that was sure to follow. But even in jail, they were singing and praising God. And it wasn't fake. They were showing real Christian joy, even in terrible circumstances. Hmm. And that's just one example from the life of Paul, who was beaten, stoned, plotted against, and hated by so many. I think most of us would say he had it worse than most. But even in my own life, I've seen joy despite hard circumstances. The day after my son Benaiah's third birthday was the first time that we really dealt with a tragedy in our family. He was running through our yard, and he fell into our fire pit that had been in use not long before. This happened in August of 2020, the year— Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It was the year that all, all moms joked about keeping their kids out of the hospital. Right. Um, it was the year where it felt like life, as everyone knew it, had changed. And then we had a child in the hospital for a week with third-degree burns, and wow. it, it really did feel like our life changed. Yeah. Um, I felt a lot of sorrow as I saw my son in pain— I felt guilt that he had been hurt while I was supposed to be watching him. Um, I cried a lot while we were in the hospital during those times. But the first night we were there and my husband sat down with me and he read scripture. Hmm. Um, We read about God's sovereignty and goodness in all things, including our child being hurt. And I remember, I remember God's peace just washing over me. Um, For the first time in my life, I had peace and joy that I knew only came from the Spirit and an assurance of salvation that I'd always desired. I couldn't stop talking about God's goodness during that time and sharing the gospel with the doctors in the hospital and the nurses that would come into our home. Um, We would have opportunities to talk to complete strangers wherever we went because a lot of people would ask us what happened to his arm with his bandages on. Mm. I was able to share about the hope that was in me and the joy that did not make any sense to the world. (laughs) to many during that time. The greatest joys in my life have usually come from pain, not from ease. Sanctification is a painful process, but when I see God changing my heart, it gives me so much joy. There are trials our family has been through that I would never want to go through again, but I would never change them or take them away. They have taught us to abide in Christ and endure trials joyfully. On a side note, our son, Benaya was a very angry baby. He cried Ooh. He cried a lot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Even his grandma, who is like the sweetest lady in the world, loves him dearly, would say he was a pretty terrible baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> so like that's saying something. Um, when he was a toddler, he was sullen and moody, and we would always be trying to get him to smile more. Um, but what I've seen in my son since the fire is joy, mm. real joy. He's six now, and he smiles all the time. It makes me so happy. Um, He's just a happy little boy. God used that trial for good in his life, and I trust that he's going to continue to use it to turn Beniah into a man who loves him. Hmm. There was so much good in that trial, in his life, in my life, and in the lives of those around us. What's interesting, though, 
is for the Christian, it's sometimes easier to find joy in the crazy, difficult circumstances than it is to find joy in the mundane, normal difficulties of life. Let me give another example. About a month ago, we were back in the hospital with another child. This is my almost two-year-old, Cyrus. He had what we thought was a stomach bug, um, but he didn't get better after a few days, and none of his siblings got sick, which was kind of weird. Um, one morning, he woke up, and his eyes were they were shaking back and Ooh. forth really quickly. It was really freaky, um, and he lost his sense of balance. He couldn't stop falling, and he is like our mover and climber, and Ooh. it just something was really off. Um, that afternoon, we took him to the ER, and the last thing you want to hear from a doctor is, hmm, that's really concerning. I'm concerned Ooh. by that. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is all we kept hearing from the ER mm. doctors. Um, they did a CT scan, blood work, an MRI, but they didn't find anything. We ended up being in the hospital for four days. Um, he couldn't keep anything down. He kept vomiting. He was really dehydrated. Um, several doctors thought that he had a brain tumor mm. or a tumor somewhere in his nervous system, um, which as a mom, like you just never want to hear the word tumor, no. you know? So he ended up having some rare swelling around the base of his brain called acute cerebellar ataxia, and it basically caused him to lose control over his movement. Um, and praise God, there's not a cure for this, but his body just needed to heal on its own. Wow. Um, so one month later, and he's completely back to normal. He's everywhere. Mm, praise God. Um, but during the time in the hospital... When my husband and I were hearing words like tumors and they were talking about neuroblastoma, um, we had peace. Mm. It was really scary. It was, it was hard seeing our son. He was miserable at the hospital. He, he like any time a doctor walked into the room, he would start freaking out. Um, but we knew that God had Cyrus in his hands. We had joy in the hospital while we waited for the news. And we had joy when they talked about worst case scenarios. And we had joy when they let us go home and all testing was negative. But this is the embarrassing part. A few days later, our whole family came down with a stomach bug, a normal 24-hour flu bug. And what I found was that it was harder for me to be joyful or see God's goodness mm. in that situation than it was in the hospital with a possible cancer diagnosis for our child. And I think this comes back to what I talked about earlier about taking every thought captive. We often have to remind ourselves of God's goodness, even when it doesn't feel like his hand is at work in the mundane daily mm. grind. Ultimately, we can be joyful because of the work of Jesus. Jesus tells a parable about the wise man who builds his house on the rock and a foolish man who built on the sand. The winds blow, the storms come, but the house on the rock stands firm, while the house on the sand is destroyed. The thing is that the man who builds on the rock is hit by the same things in life as the man who built on the sand. The difference is their foundation. Hmm. For the Christian, the foundation of our life is Jesus. When trials come, when sadness comes, we can have joy because our foundation is Christ. Our joy or happiness is not based on the things we have, the people in our life, or what we control, but on the promises of God and the work of Christ in our lives. For the world, their foundation is their own strength. The world says to do what you want, speak your truth, follow your heart. Well, the heart is deceitfully wicked, deceitfully. 
The world thinks that achieving what they want will make them happy, but their heart lies to them. The heart is inherently wicked, and only Christ can bring any true lasting satisfaction and joy. I want to end with some final words of exhortation. Throughout Scripture, we are told to rejoice. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always. James 1 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Zephaniah 3 says, Worshiping God, shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. This is a commandment and a theme throughout the Bible. If you're discouraged, if you feel hopeless, cry out to God. Do you think that God doesn't want to answer that prayer? Do you think that he doesn't want to give you joy? I've seen couples in our church lose children, lose spouses, lose parents, and respond with tears, sorrow, and mourning, but also great joy and faith in God. I've seen them grow in joy as they trust God through trials. Their hope is in Christ, not in what they can see and feel. If you know Jesus, you have the creator of the world looking out for your own good. You have a God who will forgive you and love you despite your own sin. And more than this, you can look forward after you die to an eternity of joy and greater rewards than your mind can possibly comprehend. This is just a taste. And if you don't know Jesus, know that he is freely offering his salvation to you. No matter your past sins, no matter how bad of a person you feel like you are, no matter what, he will save you if you put your faith in him. He will forgive you. And that is the foundation of joy that you can live in. Wow. Thank you. Wow. There's so much there that you shared. And I love some pieces that I want to pull back out Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes we listen to someone tell us about something and we can turn our ears off. But Mm -hmm. so there's a couple things. Number one, you told us, Bryce, that joy isn't based on our circumstances. And that sometimes, and I think that's so important for us to remember because our world says it is. Yeah, definitely. If, and we have to know where who we're listening to. So the Bible is clear. If we look in the Bible, there are plenty of stories of people who faced very difficult, big challenges. You brought up Paul. Mm-hmm. But there are many, There's many, a ton. Many. And so yeah. you could spend time looking for those people and how they responded to things. David is another one, King David. Yeah. He faced some pretty big challenges in his life, and he... Still had joy in the Lord. Yeah. Um, the other thing I love that I, I can so relate to, I don't know if anybody else can, but is sometimes when there's something huge, a big challenge, a health concern, mm-hmm. job, major job change, we can find it easier to have joy and trust in God than in the mundane stuff when your kids are throwing up and you're home again for the next week. Yes. <laughs> or you're, you have a flat tire on the mm-hmm. side of the road and you have to get somewhere. It's easy to not see that God is still sovereign over those things, and we yeah. should have joy. Yeah. And I think it's easy to—it's just something to remember mm-hmm. in all of that. And, and I appreciate all you've said today because it's so good for us to think about joy, mm-hmm. not just this season, but that's a good place to start. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, Bryce, thank you so much for coming on again and for sharing with us about this topic of joy, this emotion of joy, really. Yeah. 
I guess we talked that emotion that it actually really isn't completely an emotion, is it? No, it's not, not completely. <laughs> not I know, it's a, but yeah, <laughs> it still is something we have to work towards. Oh, that reminds me. My other favorite thing you said is that when you purposed, you had to purpose like yeah. to be joyful by smiling at your kids. Yeah. I loved that because something about doing something on the outside of our bodies, our our heart tends to follow, right? Yeah. Getting outside. Physically making your yes. body submit. To, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's another great piece. Would you pray for us today? Yeah, I'd love to. Lord, we praise you and thank you that we can have joy in this life that despite our sin, you love us and give us this gift, that even through hard things, you are there with us, being merciful to us and caring for us. Lord, I pray that every woman who hears this episode would grow and joy this coming year. Help us to obey you in this and to fight to be joyful. Thank you for hearing our prayers, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, it's time for this episode's Tiny Tidbit. A tiny tidbit is just a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's tiny tidbit is brought to you from Tracy Christenberry. Tracy, it's great to have you. Thank you for having me. Okay, today we're going to talk all things holiday. We're going to get a tiny tidbit related to holiday planning, and I'm so glad. Yes, the holidays are my favorite time at my house. I love when everyone comes home and... Um, I have a big dining room table that I love everyone to just gather around. So mm. I like to make sure things go smoothly. Sure. And one of the ways that, that I do that um, is to have a journal with my holiday dinners. So over the past few years, I've started writing menus along with grocery lists in a section of my journal related to each holiday dinner, such as Thanksgiving, Christmas, sure. and Easter. Um, and I write down what I made for that particular holiday meal with um, the portions that were needed for the amount of people that came to the meal. Sometimes I have my whole family, sometimes some people can't make it, so the number changes. And then I jot down things I may want to add or change for the next year and quantities for each menu item. That way my grocery list is ready for me to refer to for the next year as well. Yeah. So I don't have to think, oh, what should I make for Thanksgiving? Or what are the, where are the recipes? I have it all written down in my journal. I can go to it, take a screenshot. I love it. Do you tend to use the same recipes? Um, the, the main parts I do, yeah. and then I kind of add different yeah. things in. So for example, um, we have Christmas brunch at our home on Christmas morning. And one thing I made this past year was a fruit salad with red and green fruit. I thought it was so cute. It had strawberries, raspberries, green grapes, and kiwi. So Ooh. red and green for Ooh, Christmas. I love it. And Very I, festive. Yeah. I thought it looked really pretty on the table and I didn't want to forget about it. So I added that fruit salad to, okay. my, to my journal. And um, that way, next year you... Yeah, I can just refer back to my journal, and this makes the holiday menu planning easy, and it saves me time during those busy seasons. That is a really, really good tip. Do you handwrite your journal, or is it like... Okay, I didn't know if it was digital or not. I'm a paper pencil girl. That's what teachers are. We write with pencils, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. (laughs) A really sharp Ticonderoga. That's what we need. (laughs) Yes, or mechanical. Oh, yeah. Okay, good, good. Well, I love that because um, that idea is... I'm going to start taking that idea, okay? I'm going to steal it. But I do that when it comes to having people over. I have three or four different meals that I really am comfortable making. I feel Mm -hmm. good about them. Um, And then when I'm at the store, if I see and notice that like pork loin's on sale, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make that meal because I can get that on sale 
and I have all the stuff. And I usually have it on a Google Doc. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have those on a Google Doc, and I have the same thing, grocery lists. But I like using it for holidays. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It just takes that one piece out of your equation. Yep. You know what it's going to be, and you don't have to think too hard about it. And then the other thing that is wonderful about this is if your family doesn't like stuffing, then you don't have to make stuffing. There you go. <laughs> Even though you feel like you should, you're like, nope, it's, nobody liked it. I wrote that down. So Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for coming and sharing. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Join us next week for another God Is episode. We're focusing on attributes of God, and we are going to be discussing another one that fits in really well this season, and that's being generous, that God is generous to us. So listen for some really good content on that particular episode. They're always such good episodes because they really draw our attention away from ourselves and put our attention on God. And that is something good we should do. Don't forget to follow or like us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at Women of the Word CTW. There is a lot of good content on that platform. Also, you can find us Unshaken which I hope is one of your favorite podcasts, on your favorite podcast directory. So go and subscribe, and you can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Podbean, like anywhere you listen, we're there. Um, and hey, I want to encourage you this week uh, to share our podcast with someone. Maybe this particular episode or another episode has just piqued your interest and you think, oh, I wish my friend could hear this. Well, you can send it to them. You can share that with them. Just hit the share button. Um, it'd be great because it's great for others to hear the good things that God is doing. And like I said, we're just normal average women. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.